Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series that we are calling Realtor Jail, and where we talk about professional standards, committee cases, code of ethics violations. And here with me today to come visit us in jail is Rachel Real of Rachel Real Estate from Chicago. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Jen. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you're here with us because today... I don't know. Do you, need to be, do you need to be bailed out again, Chen? Yes, of course. Obviously. You might be. You might need it. Yeah. I feel like if you're not getting in trouble, you're not helping the industry grow. Oh, I'm going to argue that right, right off the bat. We're fighting. Yeah. We're fighting. <laughs> well, but today's topic, we are going to talk about, can you advertise a pocket listing? All right. Jen, do you know what a pocket listing is? Let's start there. Do you know what a pocket listing is? I think a pot, I mean, probably not. I think the way that it's used is like, I know of a house, but you may not like, either you have the paperwork or you don't, but like, you know, of a house for sale, but it's not yet for sale. Okay. So kind of, okay. So let's start with this. Let's start with what is a pocket listing? Okay. Okay. So if we're going to use the word pocket listing, part of that phrase is listing. So let's just start with the fact that a pocket. Oh my God. (laughs) We're, We're two words in and we're already fighting about that. So let's just start with the fact that a pocket listing has the word listing in it, which means you have a listing agreement with a seller. You mean signed, not verbal? Right, right. You have a listing agreement with a seller. So what is a pocket listing in general? And again, different states, different rules, different MLS rules, different state license laws, things vary slightly. But for the most part, a pocket listing is referred to often as either an off-market listing or an office exclusive. So a pocket listing would be where a seller for certain reasons, and generally those revolve around confidentiality, privacy, if you're a celebrity. So those are kind of your big three things or reasons you might engage in like finishing uh, projects. That would fall in a different category. Okay. So that would, that would fall into something else. So a pocket listing, I'm a celebrity and I come to you and say, you know what? I want to sell my house, but I don't want any advertising. I don't want anything. I just want you a very well-connected agent to go and sell my property. So I don't like to, to, you know, compare things to TV shows, but if you look at like the million dollar listing, right. Mm-hmm. They go to one of these guys who are super well-connected. They know all the people, those listings don't leave that brokerage. They don't even leave that agent. Most of the time they double end it, or they have one or two other people that they have a very tight relationship with within their own brokerage. And that's how they sell it. So there's no advertising. There's no publishing it out anywhere. There's no nothing. It's top secret. So a pocket listing is between a seller and the listing agreement is always with the brokerage. So with the the designated agent. So sometimes a pocket listing will be just with that agent alone. So that listing agent will also act as the buyer's agent, a dual agency situation, or it can be within just that brokerage, but it never goes outside of there. Why? Again, confidentiality and privacy are the two big reasons. But like if I'm a well-connected agent and I have a celebrity that's like, hey, I want to sell my place, but I don't I can see they don't want to advertise. They don't want people coming in. Right. But my connections are the real estate 
like all the real estate agents as a whole, regardless of brokerage. Okay. Now you're talking about a private listing. So we, we don't have, have the private um, in Ohio in Cincinnati. You've got something similar to that where it's not quite on the full MLS, but it's in kind of a an agent database only. So here in Illinois, we have a private listing network. Okay. So that's a that's a oh, network I guess we do is, have it's it like a sub MLS. Like, we don't have that, but we have it where it's like you get the listing paperwork, but then there's a form that says I don't want it on the MLS. There you go. So that would okay. be something very similar. And that would be a non-MLS listing. But you're seeing here, if you do a non-MLS, you have to, a seller has to sign off a bunch of waivers that say, hey, I, I understand that if I'm not in the MLS, these things are not going to happen for me. And I have to agree to that. But here, if you're not in the MLS, you're essentially an office in an office pocket listing. So you're not advertising it to the general public. There's little to no collaboration with other brokers, which also means that there's no offer of compensation. So that's why inherently you have one agent that's well-connected that is representing both sides. So when you have a pocket listing, sometimes you have the issues, you know, some of the problems with that can be some inherent unethical behavior or because you have dual agency. you're not likely to get the best price. Exactly. You only have one agent trying to sell the property as opposed to a database of hundreds or thousands of agents trying to sell it. And you have no exposure, which means your likelihood for potential multiple offers or any competition over your property is minimal to none at all almost. Okay. So I'm... I have a friend and they say, hey, I'm not ready to list. I want to finish these things. But if you know of somebody who wants to buy it or whatever, you have a for sale banner, whatever. And they're like, I don't want to sign anything, but you like, can you advertise that? No, because the only way you can... Wrong answer. (laughs) I'm not going to jail on this one. You are. So if you are, if a seller is asking you to advertise their property or giving you the authority to go find a buyer, you have to have in writing that approval to do that. They're asking you to go market it by okay, you know, so offering it to your other to agents. Email or they sign something that says that I have the approval to market the property. And if I find a buyer, then, or another agent finds a buyer or whatever, I bring the agent or bring the buyer, then this is the compensation. Can you advertise it now? Technically speaking, more than likely, yes, because you have some written authorization, but it doesn't cover nearly enough of what it needs to cover based on the license law of the state that you operate in, more than likely. In addition to that, your brokerage probably isn't going to allow you to enter into that kind of agreement with a seller without having their approved forms that their attorneys have looked at and that cover you. And if you don't use those forms, your E&O insurance isn't going to cover you, which means now you're a giant liability. Look, I'm just trying to sell real estate. Let's take a break. Well, there, there are rules for that, Jen. <laughs> I want to blow it up. Let's take a break. Let's hear a word from our favorite partner. And when we return, okay. we are going to see which code we violated and talk. All of them. Few <laughs> more examples. If you're like me, then what you need right now is great leads. My number one lead source is a marketing engine called Pipeline Pro Tools. So we've hooked up with them to give you the playbook that I'm using that has generated over 12 leads in the last 90 days. So go to PipelineProTools.com slash Fight Club, book a quick demo so that they can help you figure out how many leads you will need in order to get the business that you're looking for. And then they will give you the playbook that I've been using for free. Again, that's PipelineProTools.com slash Fight Club. Welcome back, Rachel. So we're talking about pocket listings. We're talking about private listings. We're talking about 
verbal conversations, no listings. We're talking about random non-legal forms that we're signing. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff. You're in a hot pickle right there right now is what you're in. You're swimming in the swamp. You need a life preserver. (laughs) Only if you get caught. So what are the, can you read us the codes, the main codes we're violating? Right. So specifically, Article 3 is going to be probably your biggest one here. And Article 3 states, realtors shall cooperate with other, no, I'm sorry, Article 9. Let me go to Article 9 here. Article 9. So realtors for the protection of all parties shall assure whenever possible that all agreements related to real estate transactions, including but not limited to listing and representation agreements, purchase contracts and leases, are in writing and clear and understandable language expressing the specific terms conditions, obligations, and commitments of each party. Copy of the agreement is to be furnished to each party upon their signing or initialing. So again, that's the code of ethics, which means that covers everyone who is a realtor in the country, regardless of your state license law and your state or your MLS rules. So that's the overarching thing that's going to apply to everybody. So again, once you agree with that to that seller to take on the role of advertising, marketing, representing them, and if they're asking you to go publish this out to your Facebook page, do those things, you're marketing the property. So you now need to have that in writing. I'm just thinking this through. And what we've done in the past is you could like, let's say you have a for sale by owner, you have a, like, let's just say a for sale by owner. We'll do both. You have a for sale by owner and they, you want to market it, but they, you could exclude the people that they've shown the property to. You could do a listing agreement. You could do a short one. Say it's like, Hey, Give me a week. Let me see if I can find a buyer. Right. Absolutely. Right. There's nothing days. that says you can. Right. Whatever. A, right. At that point, it's a business choice for you personally. If you want to take on a listing for a week, I, I you know, that's, that's going to be something you can do. There's reasons not to do it. And there's reasons to do it. Right. If this sure, is like, absolutely we've done it. If it's like a great priced house, it's exactly where we do a ton of business because for every absolutely. listing, you should be able to get like another three deals. At least. Exactly. Well, and here's the other thing too. You can, depending on your MLS rules and your board rules, so I let's throw that out there at the beginning, you can do a different type of listing agreement where the seller can enter listing enter into listing agreements with multiple agents and they're not tied to you specifically, which in which case this would be one of those listing. It's it's kind of well, it's not I suppose it would be an open or a non-exclusive. I thought we don't have that. Well, see, the thing is, is the ML, like where I'm at, the MLS won't allow you to take one of those and put it in the MLS. So you could have one, but now you can't put it in the MLS. I don't think our broker, most brokerages won't allow an open list. Well, exactly. Because what's in it for them at that point? But, well, but this you can is do, how they do business around the world, though, like in Europe, right. in Latin America, like every right. around the world. This is how business is done. You have agents that advertising property and they're advertising it at different prices. It's the same property. Oh, yeah. And they it's only the get paid West. if they find the buyer. Exactly, exactly. But you know, here we've got a system that most of the other countries in the world envy because we have this MLS system, which has its own issues, but other countries Let's envy this because now we pe- have yeah. you what's that? Let's not put it on a pedestal. <laughs> no, there are some issues with it, but as an agent, I don't want to go take on a listing or try and spend a ton of time and energy and effort and money marketing a property and have 10 other agents doing the same thing. There's a balance. Okay, so the other example is, and more likely maybe, is that you have a friend that is going to list with you, but they're like, right. hey, I want to finish up these projects. I'm not ready to put it on the market. You can Absolutely. like soft advertise it on your social media, 
but I don't want it on the MLS. You can call agents. Like you can do soft things, but I don't want it like basically like to you the don't public. want it public, public, yeah, public. So yeah. that's going to be a private listing. So here, that's what we're going to call a private listing. So we have this sub MLS that is a a secondary database to our standard MLS, and the only difference is that that private listing network doesn't publish to the third party portal. So it doesn't publish to Trulia, Zillow, Realtor.com. It doesn't go anywhere else. Agents can access that. Agents can share listings with clients as long as they're marked. Yes, you can share them. So most states and most MLSs have some version of this. And this Which is where the clear cooperation policy yeah, came out of for be, NAR. Like so we list, all have some version of it. Some version, yeah. You get the listing agreement signed. You, For us, we would mark like not on the MLS because we right. don't have that. But then you could cancel that when it's ready. You could cancel that agreement, restart the new, like start a new one, if that made sense and you wanted to do that. I mean, there's also like coming soon that's in part of that. Right. And that's our coming soon's fall under that private listing network. So for instance, today I drove by a property on the way to my office and there's a sign in front of it. And I pull the car over and I'm looking for it on the MLS and it's not there. So now I'm annoyed. The sign's in front of it. I took a picture of the sign in front of the house and made a note of it, looked in the MLS. It's not there anywhere. So in our area, if you're putting a sign in the yard or doing any kind of advertising, and that means public facing advertising on social media, it means talking to other agents in your office or outside of your office. Anytime you're talking about that property, it's got to be into that private network in at least 24 hours. Are showings allowed so that, to happen within that 24 hours? Yes, you can do that. It just has to be the, the point of that being that if I have a client driving down the street and they take a picture of it and send it to me and say, hey, what do you know about this house? I can't find it anywhere. I should be able to find that property. So sure. I shouldn't be made to look like a, like a fool because you found this house and now I can't find it. So That's the whole point my, of that. my friend is trying to finish up work or whatever it is on yep. their property. They're not ready. It's going to be in a few weeks, but they sure. want me to try to sell it. Am I allowed to show it? It depends on what the seller has authorized. Now, what you can't do, yes. if they say yes, then absolutely. What you can't do is what the seller can't do is say, no, I don't want you to show it. But then you call them on a Sunday and say, hey, I know you're gone for the weekend. I know you're out of town. Do you mind if I show it just today? It's either all or nothing. Because now you've put yourself in a, in a position where, depending on when the person calls, if it's convenient for the seller, now I'll show it. But if it's not convenient but tomorrow, do, now I'm not going to show it. You could do up front that it's like, hey, I'm not ready for two weeks, but you right. can show it this day and this day and the next two weeks and this time. Exactly. You just can't tell one agent, yes, we're showing it. And then tell another agent, no, we're not showing it. You know what? I hope what people are learning here is that if you want the right answer, you call Rachel. If you want the right, right answer and you want you to call Jen, you, want it, then you call me. And that's right. just... And I'll I'm be free and out of jail. Says, Rachel's a broker. Free and out of jail. She's going to tell you no. But look, you're a risk taker. You started your own business. Let's see what we come up with. But to, to your point, you've started your own business, but you opted to get into a business where there is license law and the code of ethics. And do you know what those are there for? No, because I not, don't read them. They are there to protect the public from us and protect uh, the public from the craziness of this business. We're going to go down a huge rabbit hole on this. We might be. We might be. But they're there to maintain the integrity of the business. So if I in a listing, agreement, a in a listing appointment, <laughs> well, in general, I would say yes. So if I meet with a seller and the seller says, Hey, I want you to, can you put a sign up in my yard now and just show it when it's convenient for me 
and do X, Y, and Z. And one agent that they meet with says, yeah, we can do that. We can just, you know, I'll market no showing, but if something's convenient, then we can do it, blah, blah, blah. And now I come in as the second agent and they ask me the same thing. And I say, well, no, in order for me to do that, I need to have a listing agreement. If you don't want to sign, that's fine. But if you want to show it, it's either, yes, we're going to make it available for everyone to show or not available for anyone to show. You can decline showing. You can, but I'm saying you can't just say it's available. Yes, it's available for showings in general to one agent and not to another. You can also say, right, but you can also say it is available during these days and times. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We are in general, we are showing this property or in general, we're not showing it because there's two different right. categories. If a seller is getting ready to list their house, but they're right, doing right. some projects and don't want to showing until then, that's fine. Then right now you're saying in general, we're not showing this until X date. So going back to that, if an, a seller hears two different answers from two different agents, they're going to be confused, number one. And number two, they're going to think, well, one just doesn't want to work and the other one's willing to do whatever I ask them to do and that's fine. Right. But that person who's saying, yeah, I'll just do whatever you want, isn't abiding by the license law or the code of ethics. And, and they're creating a little bit more chaos for everyone else. Chaos. Well, Rachel, I think yeah. that's going to have to wrap it up for us today. If people want to send you a referral in Chicago or they have questions for you, yes. what is the best way to get a hold of you? The best way to reach me is my cell phone at 630-542-8688 or on the, uh, via email at uh, Rachel, or I'm sorry, rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. And if you are looking to join Monica and I and partner with us, feel free to give me a call or a text at 513-400-1691. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics. 